Yeah, when she takes me from behind. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's a tough day. It's pretty bad. <laughs> what? That's Daniel's favorite. It is. He just won't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda wears the strap on. Daniel gets really happy. She like really wants to. We don't. We are not talking about this because this will be the intro. <laughs> <laughs> That's is true. it going it, in my room? Mm. No, I'm getting. Do you want the VR in your room? You can use the VR with the shitty one. You're just gonna use it to like <laughs> do POV strap on fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make it sound like that's what I actually do. <laughs> you can cut out anything about POV strap ons before you send it. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Me too. Daniel, are you worried or excited? I'm worried. Welcome, everyone, to Trailer Bar Podcast. I am Nathan. He is Daniel. We are cousins. Tonight's show could possibly blow your mind. You have to be worried or you have to be excited. You have to choose a sign. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. My lesbian radar is very strong. I take back everything I said earlier about puzzle pieces and vision. You can go fuck yourself. Wish you could hear the sound of my jaw dropping. Are you listening? Are you fair enough as a person that we should have even ground? For Christ's sake. <sighs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Trailer Park Podcast. Trailer Park Podcast, episode 67. Uh, cousin, welcome. How are you this evening? Um, Nathan, I'm great. Thank you. You're not feeling strange? I've felt stranger. Where are you leading me with this? Why do you sound so manipulative? I <laughs> am leading you towards our headliner tonight, Doctor Strange. There's a reason why I'm bringing it up so quickly. Because this show is magical? Well, because, you know, uh, outside of the fact that we have many people joining us tonight, we have the uh, the always eloquent and wonderful Amanda joining us. Hello, everyone. We also have Ivan back on the podcast Hello. And we also have someone else. And I wanted to address this right out of the gate, because uh, there's something that's that's happening in Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange actually has a manservant named Wong. So in tribute to our headliner tonight, I would like us all to refer for the duration to the intern as manservant. Yeah, no, that that's totally good. fits. I thought you were going to say Wong. No, manservant. And, and you, that's like a promotion. It is like a promotion. Yeah. yeah. No, it could definitely be viewed as a promotion. Yeah, now yeah. you have a purpose instead of just someone that's just hanging around. I don't know. It seems like a but, lateral move, which is classic, classic manservant. Can you really say, like, relate the word man and me together, though? Should it be boy servant? Oh, no, that makes it sound like you serve boys. Right. You're serving men. Well, which you are I not. would. And by well, serving, serving them popsicles. That yes. Part of the promotion. You're a man now. For a for a day, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you are a man for the duration of this episode. Yeah, uh, you'll be going back to intern status at the conclusion of tonight's episode. Uh, this is just a part of you know what we do. We we pay tribute to the headliners and we also pay tribute to the numbers. Uh, Daniel, what can you tell me about the number sixty-seven? Ooh, okay. What do you want? What do you want? Like the, the it, it's the atomic number of holmium. Holmium, of course. Yeah, you keep going. I'm going to spread your tarot cards around. Okay, all right. Uh, what else do we got here, Ivan? You know, just, just riff if you see something. Oh, the British rap group, uh, 67. Oh, there's a British rap group called 67. See, I didn't even know that. And they're pretty good. I'm from Britain, so I can vouch for them. You're from Britain. 
Yes. Are you being, are you being serious right now? I am. <laughs> You're actually from Britain? I am, yes. Where's your, where's your British accent? doesn't exist unless I say water or bottle. And I did notice that you said bottle funny earlier. Yeah. That's a real thing. <laughs> that's real, yeah. Or am I being had? When he no. said garage weird, too, but then no, I was like, maybe it's Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, that's oh, Canadian, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> none of us say garage. Yeah. <laughs> none yeah, of us you do. do. That's bullshit. You guys like that, that like, hard A or long A, whatever it is, pasta, garage? Mazda, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I'm, I tell you what I'm going to do with 67. I'm going to get down to the point. All right, I'm going to get right. down to the. What point. sexual position does 67 represent exactly? Finally, getting to the point. Uh, one person Indian style in the center of the bed. Other person bent over at the waist, completely at a 90 degree angle, and then fellatio commences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Indian style. <laughs> oh, that, oh, excuse me, a cross-legged. It's crisscross applesauce, you dick. Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. Well, you know what 67 does do? It resonates with focus, pragmatism, and a foundation for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, It's intent on material acquisition so that all can be comfortable and secure in a harmonious home. Ooh, that that sounds like me. I'm very materialistic. (laughs) Then you're in line with the number 67. Numerologically. Wow. Uh, Close. (laughs) We'll try again later. (laughs) All right. Okay. Movies released in 1967. What do we got here? AVCO Embassy. I'm sorry? Columbia Pictures. My left left foot. Uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer. No, we got uh, The Graduates. We got... Yeah. AVCO Embassy. The Jungle Book. Yeah. Dunstan checks in. Dirty Dozen. To Sir With Love. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Bonnie and Clyde. Is Bonnie and Clyde as well? Valley of the Dolls. You only live twice. That's a good year. Dr. Doolittle, that was a good year. Oh. That's in the heat of the night? Oh. The first Casino Royale? Cool Hand Luke? Woo. In Cold Blood? Your shit's starting to heat up in the late 60s, eh? Wow. The Taming of the Shrew. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Manservant, why don't you talk to us about the 67th Academy Awards? And what year it was. Yeah, can you? Ooh, just, just let's do a refresher. Do an update on the sexual position. Just kind of. It took place in 1995, and a talk show host named David Letterman did a 67 on the 67th Academy Awards. That would be Indian style, upside down, fellatio <laughs> happening yeah. on national television. Yeah, Indian style. Uh, this Indian style fellatio took place mostly over Forrest Gump. Um, Robert Zemeckis walked away with quite a bit here. Uh, best picture, best director, Forrest Gump. Uh, best actor went to Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump. Um, best original score went to The Lion King. And uh, best sound effects editing went to Speed. To Speed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Speed Speed won a couple. Thank um, God someone recognized it. Right? Uh, best uh, actress went to... Jessica Lang for Blue Sky. Nice. It's like, really, it like a really poor moment in Speed with sound editing, editing specifically. There's like a part where Dennis Hopper says, okay, but I want you back real fast. And it's like really chopped over top of something that sounds really unprofessional. Like, I can't believe you fucking won an Oscar. That's brutal. Terrible ADR. Oh. <laughs> um, 
Supporting actress went to Diane West for Bullets Over Broadway. Can we get everybody to do a uh, a Forrest Gump impression before we move on? I always said life was like a box of chocolates. Yeah, I don't think any of us are going to do better than Manservant. Uh, (laughs) Your your mother really cares about your schooling, son. (laughs) 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 Yes, sir. Um... He's got a daddy named Forrest also. Actually, that's one of the most mis, in, like misquoted or misimitated quote of all time. The box of chocolates. Because he puts a chocolate in his mouth. The second part of it is, you never know what you're going to get. He has a... He has, <laughs> yeah, you can clearly... No, no one ever says that. You clearly hear that he that he chomped into a caramel one. Uh, it got gooey. Yeah. Not, not as gooey as the Indian position. But oh. got, <laughs> things are gooey. What? Not that funny. Okay. I think I see something coming down the pneumatic tube. Are you guys ready for the pneumatic tube? Oh, what's that that got for us? Well, let's see. What has it got? Uh, Are you guys aware that clowns are a thing right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They have entered the zeitgeist of 2016. Yeah, clowns, apparently, you know, Target announced they're pulling all clown masks from the shelves amidst the hysteria of clown appearances and attacks across the nation. So there's a lot of clown. Across the border. Yeah, threats from clowns, attacks from clowns. There's clown madness happening. And you know what else is going on? Clown porn. Oh, yes. Hashtag clown lives matter. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when when in the porn, in the clown porn, during the money shot, do they just cut the audio and just put in like, honk, honk, honk? <laughs> the good people at Pornhub have posted some recent findings that note that general searches for clown-related things on the site have risen by about 213% over the past few weeks. I know where I'm going. <laughs> do, can, can you see, like... An intern equivalent at Pornhub, like breaking into the room with like a tussle of papers in his arms, like, "Have you guys seen the clown numbers?" <laughs> <laughs> so we wanna we wanna really get some feedback from Amanda on this because apparently, uh, women are thirty three percent more likely to look for clown porn than men. Can you shed some light? On- <laughs> yeah. You want me to shed light on that? You want me to dress like Bozo and just tell us why the numbers are ejaculating? Why the numbers are peaking? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, but I imagine it's because a lot of women have like weird rape fantasies, and the clowns seem super rapey. So you want to like so through your? It's like the next step in your I don't know rape journey, sexual freedom. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. People so, are weird. To be clear, you and Daniel are going to dress up like the Joker and Harley Quinn and do a sixty-seven. No. Oh God. <laughs> No, she's going to dress like a college student. I'm going to dress like Pennywise from It. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> let's see, oh, let's see if we all float down here. Okay. <laughs> What's in the shoot? What's in the next shoot? What's in the tube? Yeah. Yeah, bitch! Magnets! Oh! What? Oh, Breaking Bad. Uh, Aaron Paul, th- th- this is called, uh, this is, Satsack is titling this uh, Rebuilding Family. Uh, Aaron Paul has signed on for a sci-fi movie. Uh, it's, it's about a, a guy who, well, he rebuilds his dead wife as an android. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Daniel would totally do that. Sounds like he might be doing it to his children as well. <laughs> it's going to get a little weird. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I just I, I saw the synopsis for this movie, and I'm I'm quite impressed that Aaron nabbed this. I kind of pictured somebody else of greater prominence grabbing this, so more power to you, Aaron. Yeah, Daniel's DTF his whole family. Yeah, I'm ready. Down to fuck his whole family? I don't know what that means. That was kind of weird. But, yeah, this is very much like the plot for Frankenhooker, <laughs> where a... That epic movie that everyone knows about. Yeah, Frankenhooker is it's great. We'll get to it on 100 Lunatics eventually. Um, yeah, it's about a tinkering sort of scientist guy. And at his pre-wedding birthday party for his fiance, she gets run over by a lawnmower, and he has to put her back together, of course, using hooker body parts. And he succeeds. Like a failed reanimator. It is kind of like reanimator, yeah, but just like crazy more tits. Okay. Which... <laughs> I'm interested. I've seen a fair amount of the movie. <laughs> That's all I want to say. <laughs> Can we get the female perspective on Frankenhooker? For some reason, it actually comes on TV a lot. Like, it's on late at night a lot. I guess it's like Skinamax alternative, you know? Like, you want a little heat in your nighttime viewing, but you want a little sci-fi there's, horror as well. There's stoned men grabbing themselves to the crazy more tits, right? Yeah, you're like half jerking off, but really it's just a, like a semi in your hand because you're more into the movie itself at this point. You're 30. Cinemax has been following their demographic for a long time now. <laughs> All right. I think I see something else coming down the tube. Are you uh, Are you ready? Yes. Uh, Bees that fetch the nectar from the flowers to the comb never tire. Uh, Sad has titled this Blunt Poppin'. I don't know if you guys are aware, but Mary Poppins is coming back. I was aware of that. I knew it. Emily Blunt is starring as Mary Poppins in Mary Poppins Returns, and Variety is reporting that Colin Firth will be joining her. Yes, and that the entire thing has been reimagined as a hardcore sci-fi. I really hope that this is a like true to the original over the top musical and they really take this all the way because i i hate this dumbing down of original concept stuff because it just kind of like if you're going to redo or reimagine mary poppins then then go all out you know yeah, yeah. so uh, one of two movies that my sister made me watch over and over again the other one being mannequin is emily the right choice oh mannequin's great sure um, I do think so. I think, I mean, she can sing decently. So. Yeah, but I was kind of hoping to see her in, like Daniel was suggesting, a, a constant stream of action hero movies. Yes, why aren't they letting Blunt be Blunt? They're softening her. They're softening her. We need Edge of Tomorrow 2 with double the repeats. Um. <laughs> She's, okay, you guys are like sticking on Edge of Tomorrow, which is atrocious. Meanwhile, she's done a gazillion other movies that are nothing like it. Yeah, but no one's recognizing where her actual talent lies. I don't disagree that she, you know, was good in an action flick, but I don't think it's they're not letting her. I think maybe she doesn't fucking want to. <laughs> right. So then we just have to shame her out of the business. <laughs> she gets to choose now what she wants to do for the rest of her life. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, it's obvious she makes terrible She's choices. She's going to choose what she wants to do. Manservant, I'm going to ask that you not interrupt the regular participants. Yeah, and if you do interrupt, talk a lot louder. Yeah. Also, um, just to bring up, I forgot to mention this, but um, Amanda, this is your third episode in a row. Yeah. 
You're that welcome. Means, You're welcome, cool million. That means that you are being elevated to the title of associate host. <gasps> Yay! Associate host. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, of course it's a thing. Yeah, I just got a big promotion. I got a promotion in regular life and on TPP. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on then um, to the Q&A portion. Daniel, there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you. <laughs> By the eye of Agamotto, Sad Sack Studios brings us a game called By the Sweet Sirens of Sad Sack. Sad Sack Studios has provided us with a mystical crystal ball and three incantations that are known to be spoken by Doctor Strange, our headliner tonight on Trailer Park Podcast 67. The name of the game is to find out what these spells and what these strange incantations do. So in order to do this, we must each shout these incantations with emotional fervor as if we are the Sorcerer Supreme and are casting these spells. So once the incantation is delivered with the proper amount of emotional fervor, and I, I will be able to see three possibilities of what the spell may be used for inside of the Sad Sack Studios Mystical Crystal Ball TM. <coughs> um, so the first one is, uh, By the hoary host of Hogoth. By the hoary ho- host are we, are, we, are we all supposed to repeat it? Yes, please. Uh, by the hoary? The hoary? Yeah. By the hoary hosts of Horgoth. 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 Okay, it is It is becoming clear to me here. Uh, okay, the, the three options have revealed themselves. Uh, is this incantation, is it used to sterilize manservants? Or yes. is it used to teleport to the closest act of sexual intercourse and replace one of the participants at the height of orgasm? Is it a 67? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretzel that shit. <laughs> or is it used to banish things back from whence they came? Okay, I feel like all of these should have incorporated a manservant somehow. <laughs> um, like one of them is like if the manservant is masturbating, and then right as he's about to ejaculate, you pop into existence and just put your index finger right over the tip of his penis. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, like, if, if cartoons have anything to tell us, then he explodes. <laughs> I Obviously, this is, this is a banishment incantation, Nathan. <laughs> yes, that is the correct answer. It is banishment. <laughs> Everybody knows, oh, Horgoth ain't fucking with nothing but banishment. Horgoth. Oh, oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. uh, the second incantation we have tonight is... By the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. By the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. By the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Yeah, you crushed it, babe. Now, you're really worrying me about this movie. A <laughs> little bit foggy. I am not. I, I need something from Ivan. By the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. some more emotional fervor from the intern. Or, sorry, the manservant. By the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Oh, the emotional fervor. Uh, no, it's, it's disappearing. It's disappearing. The mintern. Manservant, come on. Give us your emotional fervor. By the crimson baths of Sidorath. Okay. Yeah, there's some gu- Yeah, okay. I can kind of make it out. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll reach out. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, is this incantation, is it used to swap the gender of your manservant? Yes. yes. Or is it used to cauterize any menstrual activity in any nearby female? Mm, that's, my, that's my favorite superpower. <laughs> also Good. for the intern. I just wave my hand and I end up a crowd of women and I'm like, stop. I just really want to turn my oh. Annie into an Audi. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read that correctly. It says, "Is it used to cauterize any menstrual activity in any nearby females and/or any manservants?" Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, or is it used to bind or encase victims with red bands and/or tentacles? <sighs> uh, are the red bands or tentacles uh, from menstrual cycles? Uh, that is unclear. That is unclear. Okay. Crystal ball. Can't wait to see Cumberbatch spew this gibberish. <laughs> oh, at least there's like some English words in it. I thought it was, I thought it was all going to be like min talk flabby do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, min talk flabby do has opened up a bonus question, <laughs> specifically centering hashtag flabby do. <laughs> Um, okay, so obviously it's meant to bind or encase victims with red bands and or tentacles. Okay, um, uh, the third one, final one, is uh, by the fangs of Ferala. Oh, so like all of these are like a noun plus some bullshit fantasy thing. Uh, let's hear some. <laughs> let's hear some uh, some emotional fervor. By the fangs of Ferala. <laughs> oh, that made things quite clear. I'm going to need something from the uh, manservant, though. By the fangs of Ferella! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, things are clearing up here. Um, is the fangs of Ferella, is, is it used to summon various torture devices that inflict harm on your manservants to teach them valuable lessons? Specifically on their genitals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I missed that part. Yeah. There's <laughs> context there. Uh, is it used to ward off any whining or complaining? being perpetrated by any nearby females and or manservants and or manservants correct um or is it used to summon an ethereal disembodied mouth with two sets of large fangs anyone who enters the mouth becomes lost in the realm of madness why why have fangs if the point is to be lost in the realm of madness (laughs) that's a really good point this movie sounds terrible (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's going to be Inception with Cumberbatch floating around in the air with a big cape. <laughs> These spells do make me not want to watch this movie. <laughs> I want I want to point out that it was very difficult to find the direct um effect that a spell has because it's actually kind of convoluted because in the comics Doctor Strange he shouts a bunch of different incantations and blends things together. Oh, like multiple multiple incantations? Yeah, he layers them. He uses them in, con- in conjunction with each other, and that's because when he's saying things like Hogoth and Sidorak, these are gods from different dimensions, and he's drunk. So he... Sorry, man, servant, you interrupted me. Please, take the floor. <laughs> so he can wrap someone in menstrual blood and then banish them to the mouth of uh, Fangland? I don't think you listened to the answer from each <laughs> question, but yes. I think you can only menstruate in Fangland. <laughs> the point it's is like when they sent women to houses when they were on the rag yeah it's like a cosmic interdimensional womb the the information <laughs> i'm trying to give you is that he draws but the reason for these spells is he he draws power from different dimensions and from gods in different dimensions so these these incantations are meant to channel power from locations and places and then turn them into something. So Ugh, if he shouts a bunch of shit in conjunction with each other, he's saying that I'm using the power of Sidorak to do this, 
And I'm also going to, you know, do this as well and this. And there's a bunch of shit going on. I think in the movie he might just be, like, twirling his fingers and making visuals appear. No, he, he, he's doing, like, magician hand where they, like, hold their ring finger and their pinky down against their palm. And then they hold their thumb and their middle finger and index finger up. And they, like, wave it across in front of their vision. Whips out a string and starts doing cradle with somebody. <laughs> Um, it's just like it's like a sixty-seven. Oh yeah, but with your arms out. Oh. That's like a European seven with like the little crossbar in the middle. <laughs> is that a European seven? Is that what that is? <laughs> That's how I do my sevens. You're not European. Canada's like kind of European. You're decidedly uncultured. Okay, well let's move on before this thing totally falls off the rails. Uh, we're gonna play Who Am I, Doctor Edition. Yes. Doctor Strange is, is a doctor. There's the connection. <laughs> Guess Doctor Who. Yeah. Are you guys ready? Yes. Okay. I fell off a toilet hanging a clock. My dog only eats canned food. I finally invented something that works. Who am I? Uh, Back um, to the Future. I from Back to the Future. Correct. Doctor Emmett Brown. Ooh. Just noted that I did it first, and then in turn said it again. <laughs> yeah, we all we all heard that. Amanda, I didn't even hear what the manservant said. <laughs> I heard a correct answer come out first, and I responded. Uh, I jump head first into most pr- of my projects. My body sometimes has a mind of its own. I feel a deep connection to bats. Who am I? Oh, Batman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I believe that Daniel is the only one that can correctly answer this. Yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips in Bats. Bats. So let's, so let's go over it again, Daniel. I want you to feel me. All right, do you feel me? <laughs> I jump head first into most of my projects. My body sometimes has a mind of its own. I feel a deep connection to bats. Who am I? Rorschach. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, what's, the, what's the evil doctor's name from Reanimator? You got it. Dr. Carl Hill. Thank you. From Reanimator. Mm. He picked up. Nice. Because his head gets sewn to bat wings in Bride of Reanimator. And he flies around independent of his body. (laughs) (laughs) And controls his body with his mind. Yes. (laughs) Uh, The details of my life are quite inconsequential. My father was a womanizer and my mother was a prostitute. I am trying to kill my son... Who am I? Nothing. Jesus. <laughs> all right. I'm going to do it with a bit of performance involved, and you guys are going to get it right away, all right? The details of my life are quite inconsequential, Doctor. My father was a woman. Oh, yeah. Doctor Evil. <laughs> Mother was a French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. Yes, Doctor Evil. Um, all right. If you guys don't get this one, then we're going to end the podcast right now, and I'm going to leave the room. I'm passionate about history. I'm good with a whip. I hate snakes. Who am I? Indiana Jones. Doctor Indiana Jones. Dr. Henry Indiana Jones Jr. Yes, thank you. And finally, I enjoy being challenged by my patients. I'm only attracted to men with a good sense of humor. Love makes me crazy. Who am I? Dr. House. No. Dr. Harleen Francis Quinzel. Oh, yeah. Also known as Harley Quinn. Quinz- Quinzel. <laughs> Love makes her crazy. And she's a tragedy man with a good sense of humor. Come on, guys. What's her first name? 
Harley. Dr. Harleen. Harleen. Harleen Francis Quinzel. That right. was unnecessary. Her name literally could have just been Harley Quinn. I wanted to prove that she was a doctor. It wasn't unnecessary. It was absolutely necessary. And please proceed to the headliner, Daniel. Dr. Strange. By the fangs of four law. <laughs> Here we go. Stephen Strange. <coughs> Might I offer you some advice? Forget everything that you think you know. You're a man looking at the world through a keyhole. You've spent your life trying to widen it. Your work saved the lives of thousands. What if I told you that reality is one of many? I don't believe in fairy tales about chakras or energy or the power of belief. You wonder what I see in your future? Possibility. Why are you doing this? There are other ways to save lives. So much you don't know. Excited. By the dubious dingoes of Daniel, by the nauseating neutralism of Nathan, by the melodic must of manservants, (laughs) by the sober shortcuts of Stobar, (laughs) by the adolescent affections of Amanda. I don't know. I'm excited. What? It's Marvel. It's, yeah, so. I thought you hated Marvel. Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Also, Doctor Strange is like one of the weird, peripheral, like super powerful, like walking into a different dimension. Like they need Doctor Strange to be Thanos. Like they need him to do the Infinity War. Like by, like the Eye of Agamotto is potentially an Infinity Stone. Like he's a integral part of the whole Infinity Gauntlet scenario. Like the Avengers movies moving forward are going to heavily involve him because he's going to be toe to toe. You know, him and Thor are the most powerful. So they're going to have to stare down old Thanos and go to go to town. Do you know that Cumberbatch had scheduling conflicts and almost didn't become Doctor Strange? What else they, was he doing? They offered, I don't know, they offered the role to Joaquin Phoenix and he turned it down because he didn't want to sign a multi-movie contract. So 
I mean, their first choice was Cumberbatch, obviously. I mean, I think all of us are Cumberbitches, especially the Englishman over here. <laughs> Raging erection right now. <laughs> Raging erection for Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He wants to go rooting around in that Cumberbatch like a little truffle pig. How, how tall is Cumberbatch? Is he eight inches taller than you? Oh, at least. <laughs> oh, take me. See, Ivan's attracted to, old, to taller people. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. This could be good. It's going to get dimensional. It's going to get magical. It's going to be weird. I think I, I got faith that Cumberbatch is going to be able to deliver these weird, fucked up incantation lines with emotional fervor that is much greater than what the manservant was able to create this evening. Yeah, I'm going to jump in there, too. I mean, this is sort of, I don't know, whenever I see the trailer... It just looks like a sort of slightly spruced up re-editing of Inception. But I'm also excited about this. Not because of necessarily Cumberbatch or Doctor Strange's comic storyline or any of that, really. It's just sort of like completing the trifecta to me. We have like our Earthbound superheroes. Some of them have actual mutations. Some of them have powerful suits or smarts that got them some sort of superpower. Then we have our like space cosmic arena with Thor... And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And now we're bringing in our, like, interdimensional magic uh, section of the pie. And I feel like this sort of completes it. I mean, what else is there? You could say maybe there's a subgenre for, like, Ant-Man and the characters that everyone thinks are, like, kind of dumb that we can scoop together into sort of a comedy arena. But otherwise, I feel like this completes it, right? What else is there after this? It's just toppings on the pie. It's going to start getting real crowded after this one. But I'm still excited. Let's go to uh, to Amanda. Let's get a female perspective. Uh, I didn't want to go next um, because I'm. It's going to be a totally fine movie. It'll be another totally fine, forgettable Marvel movie. It sounds so excited. Yeah, I'm really excited for another middling one. It'll be fine. But it's a. It's but Amanda. It's Cumberbatch. <laughs> I do not have a, a cumber boner like you guys do. <laughs> You're not a cumber bitch? No, I'm not. He's fine. He's fine. Whatever. It's, okay, can you explain the difference between fine and totally fine? In the way that I say it? Or like, like oh, he's fine. And like, oh, he's totally fine. <laughs> for, the fans, for the multitude. For the millions of fans. <laughs> he's fine because Cumberbatch is an alien. Amanda tends to refer to uh, movies as fine in many different instances. And I'm just trying to get some depth to fine because in this instance, she has used the term totally fine. I don't know whether that's like a exhausted, sarcastic reference to it just being fine or whether totally fine actually has a different arrangement. Oh, no, you're right the first time. I'm just exhausted. It's it's not going to be bad. Of course, it's not going to be bad, but it's not going to be... You're not going to remember it. Five years from now, you're not going to remember this movie. But Tilda Swinton's playing a weirdo. That's all she ever does. (laughs) And whitewashing. And who cares? Because all of this does what you were saying. Like, oh, he, Doctor Strange is needed for all these other Marvel movies. Yeah, I don't want any more of those either. I don't, this is just gearing us up for some, you know, cosmic bullshit with Marvel. And I'm tired of all of them. So, yeah, it'll be good. I'm not going to go see it. So you're worried. No, I'm excited because it's going to be a one. No. <laughs> I am not, not going to give you points 
for your total lack of interest in movies, saying you're excited. Man, I have never. Oh, wait, seen, you're worried. I've never seen anyone on Trailer Park Podcast say they're excited, but everything about what they've said is worried. Y'all don't make the rules explicit. You just say you have to be worried or excited. I am no. excited. <laughs> Can't you tell? Honest reactions. Especially <laughs> after tonight, when I go over the amount of points that that I, I lost based on actual feelings, I'm only grading you based on your voice's reaction now and mm. not to what you said. Mm. You have to be like, I hate everything about this. I mean, it looks horrible. <laughs> Fine. I'll I'll take a loss on this one because I'm tired of Marvel. Thank you. All right. Well, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa! You have to actually say it. <laughs> hey, intern. I'm worried. Thank you. Oh, excuse me, manservant. <laughs> it's fine. Either one is fine. <laughs> fine. I, I was gonna bring in the intern or the manservant to uh, to to continue this lineage, but now that you've said you're worried, let's go to Ivan first. Oh, well. I mean, we've already established that I'm quite the Cumberbitch. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Um, I mostly just... I would be with Amanda on this, actually. I am tired of the whole thing, and I couldn't care less at this point. Or, But I'm hoping this movie will take it in that direction with the magic and the weirdness to a, like a, a little bit of a darker area where maybe they haven't explored as much. <laughs> As an Asian, how do you feel about Tilda Swinton being cast as the Ancient One? As an Englishman, also, how do you feel about this? As an Asian, I think it's cool. She's white, and I'm okay with that. As a British person, yeah, that's fine, too. (laughs) You don't feel like they're whitewashing the Ancient One? Um, Not really. I mean, the fact that it's Tilda Swinton, she's a weirdo, is good enough. Is there anyone here on the podcast tonight that has proficient knowledge of who Doctor Strange is from the comics? Right, I was just going to say that. Like, it's it's it, there's a difference if this is just a completely made up character or if this character in the comic books is Asian. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah, is this a actual whitewashing conversation or is this a David Oyelowo? There needs to be more color in Game of Thrones kind of conversation. It's uh no, it's something about it that. The ancient one is supposed to be a Tibetan monk, I think, or something like that. And so their argument for not casting a Tibetan person was then the Chinese market would get mad at us. There's probably some validity because, to that. Because then we would be acknowledging Taiwan. Tibet, or a, Tibet as a... As an actual sovereign. Right, because you got to make the list. Yeah. The, the right. 40, the 41 movie list where you get a launch in China. Which which Doctor Strange just got? Oh, it just got a Chinese release. So if if they had chosen a Tibetan actor, because there's so many of those, right? Exactly. <laughs> yep, would have been the same if it was Taiwan. Right. China's got a stranglehold. Again, it's about money. I feel like we're going off the rails here. Uh, manservant. Right. Yeah. Right. Manservant, quickly, come on. Say you're excited, and we'll move on. I'm excited. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. Uh, trailer two tonight is uh, a little bit of a blind side, I think. I don't think many of you know that this movie even exists. Is it the blind uh, side too? It's called King King Cobra. King 
King Cobra. I waited like two extra seconds. I thought there was like a subtitle to that. <laughs> King Cobra. Here we go. How old are you? 18. Take off some of those clothes. Show the Cobra fans what they really want to see. They are gonna love you. This is just the beginning for you. I can pay you so much more if you're willing to go all the way. Introducing Brent Corrigan. It's fun to play with who we are, don't you think? Okay. You heard of this guy, Brent Corrigan? His videos are selling like hotcakes. Just wait till I make you a star. Steven, it's Joe. Viper Boys. Who? Listen, we're big fans, and we're gonna use Brent in a little thing, so, uh... Nobody works with Brent. He's mine. Hello? Mother... You gotta spend money to make money. I'm willing to give you $25,000 for one video. I'm not losing you to anybody. You can't stop me from using my name. I trademarked it. I'm the one who calls the shots around here. You're Brent Corrigan. You have to do this video. If Steven is the only one standing in your way, then we'll take care of it. We'll make the movie and be rich. And you're gonna be a good boy, right? No little bitches! No little bitches! Oh my god, you are doing porn! Maybe I like it. Maybe you pissed off the wrong person. Give it your best shot, you lose. He's a kid. You got me into this! No little bitches! No, no. I've never done this before. <laughs> I'll show you how. Was I? We're gonna be a big star. <laughs> uh, intern, worried or excited? Manservant. No little bitches. No little bitches. Um, How jealous of Christian Slater were you in this trailer? I was gonna say if there was one role that I could play in a movie, it would probably be Christian Slater in this one, uh, or a younger version of me probably could play the uh, King Cobra. I've never uh, done this before. Right? <laughs> um, you're, you I want to suck some cock excited. Right? Yeah, you, you, I, yeah, I think maybe some of us here uh, are excited and don't want to admit that they are. Is that what it is? I'm still trying to decide because I think that this could be really good, but it also could be really bad. I think it, um, I think even if it's bad, it might be really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to watch it. I, I'm excited. Yeah, excited. Amanda, uh, I hope I hope King Cobra makes me ejaculate excited. <laughs> uh, I am excited too. I um, think this is a really like fitting role for Franco. Like he's so off, and ca- I feel like he's crazy in real life. Probably, yeah. Like, he's a gay porn like super director that would murder somebody. Yeah, <laughs> just like wildly aggressive about. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think it's going to be a good fit for him. It looks like it's funny and and dark and 
Uh, Christian Slater, glad to see him again. I'm really glad to see Alicia Silverstone and Molly Ringwald, two of the greatest, like, you know. Ringwald was in there? Yeah. I didn't see her. I saw yeah. I saw Silverstone because we were just talking about it the other night. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird uh, group of people all together. And I think it's going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. Ivan? Uh, I'm excited as well, actually. Um, just curious to see what's going to happen. Uh, like, the funny aspect of it, I'm curious about that as well. I don't know how funny it's going to be, but it looked pretty funny, actually. Just uh, kind of weird and out there. Yeah, it's a good chance of it being funny as long as you're a good little boy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All excited so far. Nathan? This is so fetch. <laughs> um... Yeah, right? I mean, hey, Daniel and I did Spring Breakers on 100 Lunatics. Um, or actually, no, that was for Shush. Yeah, yeah, we Shush Spring Breakers, if you guys want to go check that out. Shush <laughs> Spring Breakers. So the quote that comes up that's saying it's is it's Franco's most whatever works since Spring Breakers. I was sold right there. Yeah, it's tough to beat that filleting the gun scene from Spring Breakers. Yeah, I would say that this looks like a sequel to Spring Breakers, honestly. It, I mean, other than other than Alicia Silverstone and Molly Ringwald being pointed out at the end of the trailer as being in the movie, did you see a female before that point? Oh, no. This is all dudes pounding dudes. <laughs> dudes <laughs> pounding dudes. And remember that movie a while back you put on my burden list called Happiness? Yeah. Well, I remember watching that and thinking that it got so dark and it managed to twist the darkness into hilarity in a very unique way, in, in a way that I've never seen before, and it really captured me. So the, the quote that actually has the most effect on me in this trailer is when it says it's darkly hilarious. The minute I see that quote, I'm like, yes, I'm on board. Absolutely, I'm excited, because this gets it. It's taking this idea, this true story about male porn and all this sensitive crap and you know possibly a murder involved and stuff and it's going to turn it hilarious and i think that that adds a different element to it that's going to make it really sore excited yeah this is one of those like the story that that i'm sure is the background for this movie or the backdrop i'm sure it's one of those things that you like get to on wikipedia late at night when you're down some rabbit hole of information and you have no idea where you ended up from where you started and they've taken that and turned it into a movie this trailer won me over at the beginning i was like uh, i don't know and then i was like man christian slater is really good at playing that creepy obsessive director and then as it went on and on and franco came in and the rest of them came in and all of a sudden the tone of the movie exposed itself i'm excited too I'm excited too. There's something crazy about this uh, that I think goes well beyond it just being a story about gay porn. <laughs> Trailer three tonight is the horror fulcrum, the mandatory imposed upon us horror element of the show. And tonight we bring you Naomi Watts, starring in a movie called Shut In. Shut in. Here we go. It's not my son. It's just a body that I feed and wash and clothe. Hi, Mary. Hi, Dr. Wilson. 
How's Stephen doing? Same as last week, the week before. I lost him that day. I lost Richard in the car. Your next patient is waiting for you in the office. He's dealing with a lot of grief after his mom died. They're moving him to Boston. Is that really necessary? He can just stay here. It's like I have my little boy back. Hi, Mary. Hi. How's it all going? To tell you the truth, I think it'll be good for all of us. child could not have survived the severe drop in temperatures. I feel so guilty. You cannot blame yourself. I haven't been sleeping that well. I saw Tom. But everybody's been saying he's dead. Your sleep problems are making it difficult for you to distinguish your nightmares from reality. No, something is happening. Steven has scratches on his face. Listen to what you're saying. You're talking about ghosts. Something's going on, and it's not just in my head. I can prove it. I'm gonna get you out of here. You have to believe me. It's real. Okay, Daniel, shut in. Are you worried or excited? Um, this movie, like, two or three times didn't go the direction I was thinking it was going. <laughs> I, thought, I thought for sure that the obvious and more interesting choice was that when she brought the younger boy home and started to fawn over him, it would slowly be exposed that her other son has been faking being catatonic this entire time. And becomes like super jealous and he's all crazy from some sort of head trauma from that accident. I thought yeah. that would have been really cool. I could have hired you as a consultant because that's a way better direction. Yeah, instead they went with like the boy just disappears randomly right after she gets him off into the woods somewhere. And then now he's a ghost and he's like sneaking his creepy hand around her mouth and scratching the cheeks of the catatonic. Is that the brother from Stranger Things? <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, his next big thing is to play a guy that just stares into space. <laughs> um, I th yeah, I think I got to go worried on this in the end. There was I'm not big on ghost stuff. It didn't go the direction I wanted, and then didn't really end in a like I don't even really sure what's happening there. I don't know. I'm worried. I kind of felt like um like it would have been a great angle if she just replaced her son. Yeah, like put him in a corner and forgot about him. Well, because she had that little dream at the beginning of her drowning her son, which is pretty crazy. What if she took the young Jacob Tremblay from Room and just, you know, just put the Stranger Things guy in the closet? Yeah. You know, kind of like Sims, like you're playing Sims and you wall them off oh. until they die. You guys yeah. do that? Yeah, you put him, put him in the closet, <clears throat> give him one of those like little hamster water. That's something that I, I feel that people aren't very honest about when they play the play sims it's like everybody i'm pretty sure everybody has you know accidentally created the baby and put it into a walled off room without windows and just kind of let it 
dies, that it stops crying. Oh, yeah. You want to litter your front yard with gravestones so that, like, random passerby sims freak out every time they come near your house. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think other people have done that that won't admit it, and it happens. <laughs> you did that, and that's just as bad as doing it in real life. It's a comment on your psyche. Anyway, um, I think that it would have been better, yeah. It would have been way edgier if she had, you know, pushed... Push the real sun to the side. Started fawning over the actual sun. And then fucked up shit starts happening because she, she let her other son die in the closet, right? right? That would have been an epic horror genre changing event. But it's not happening. Something else is happening. It seems pretty pulled back and pretty baseline and I'm worried. <laughs> Poor Oliver Platt's out there doing nothing but talking to a computer. Well, I'm the yeah distant psychiatrist saying it's okay. He's he's got the crying wife on the phone roll this go around. Absolutely, that's exactly what he is. I think we pretty much summed it up. We don't need any feedback from anybody else. Why don't we move on? <laughs> Real quick, Ivan. Worried. Manservant. But you know the because of Jacob Tremblay and the brother from Stranger Things. Oh, you know his name. Yeah. Fuck Naomi Watts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fuck that bitch. <laughs> I don't think I know her enough for her to be immediately recognizable to me. What? She's awful, and you should recognize her stupid pinched face for that. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> Manservant? Uh, shut in seems like something I will shut off. <laughs> oh, that's pretty <laughs> that's good. good. Yeah. That's good. You should send that into Rotten Tomatoes. That's what a man feels like. <laughs> yeah, just for a day. <laughs> nice work. I'll give credit where it's due for a moment, and then we'll move on. Credit number four tonight, Daniel, is a war movie. Uh, hashtag only Mel knows Mel. Hacksaw <laughs> 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 Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Here we go. What the hell is your delay, Captain? We're waiting, sir. Waiting for what? Private Doss. Who the hell is Private Doss? I always dreamed about being a doctor, but I didn't get much school. I can't stay here while all them go fight for me. Don't you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. And that's going to be my way to serve. This is a personal gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy. Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. She don't kill. No, sir. You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war. Private Doss does not believe in violence. Do not look to him to save you on the battlefield. I don't think this is a question of religion. I think this is cowardice. I'll fall in love with you because you weren't like anyone else. You're saying you could go to prison. But I don't know how I'm going to live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, it doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself.
you out. There's something you gotta see. Who did this? That's the car. We have to go back up tomorrow. And they're not gonna go up there without you. Help me. Ivan, worried or excited? I am excited. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen a pretty gritty war movie. Vietnam's always pretty good for that. So uh, this is World War Two. Oh, it was? But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. Vietnam's usually a go-to. Yeah. <laughs> usually a go-to. That's oh, okay. A lot more people died in World War Two. Plus, I feel like an English, Asian, Chinese person could relate closer to a Southeast Asia war. Yeah, yeah, that's what it truly is. Yeah, that was like a racist comment, just to immediately assume. <laughs> <laughs> they all look the same to me. So. <laughs> or the uh, Japanese? <laughs> Anybody feel like some soup? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm curious to see where it goes. And uh, yeah, I like I like gritty war movies, so hopefully it fills that spot. Hopefully it does. Amanda, mm, I'm struggling with this one. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to fall worried just because it feels a little bit too sappy for me. I want it to not be like the swelling music of the American hero spirit and more of the just murder. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think I think it's got a lot of potential, and I, you know, I'll, I'll be happy if I'm wrong, but I'm worried. Fair enough, Nathan. Well, let's be clear. Ever since Andrew Garfield arrived on the scene, I have described him as a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And also, Spider-Man is kind of a bitch. Yeah. And he has been a bitch the whole time, and it does not surprise me. I mean, at, at first, I was like, what? Mel Gibson's directing a war movie? Oh, this this could be his way back in. Hashtag only Mel knows Mel. <laughs> and then I found out that Andrew Garfield was in the starring role, and I was like, whoa, what are you doing? Yep. This is a war movie. We need men. And Agent Smith. Why are you, why are you casting a bitch? And an Australian. And, and then and I Vince found Vaughn. out that it's a war movie about a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, therefore, uh, this is perfect casting. He's a bitch in a movie about a bitch in war. Yeah. That's something we've seen very often. You kind of logic looped hole yourself into an excited. I have. <laughs> First of all, you're 67 yourself in hey, there. <laughs> I'll be, hey, I'll be fucking honest with you guys right now. I went to the theater the other day and I saw this trailer while I was, you know, before I watched the feature presentation, and I got a little weepy. (laughs) (laughs) Not surprised. Because you're a bitch. (laughs) Some shit came crawling on the bottom bottom lid, and all I can say is, thank you, Mel. Thank you. Yeah, Nathan just took his handgun out of his holster and put it on the ground, (laughs) stared up with glossy eyes. Hey, I mean... It's a movie about a guy that didn't carry a weapon in World War II, standing up for what he believes in. With this crescendo music, it brought a little emotion to the forefront, and then I see him drop kick a grenade? 
excited. <laughs> yeah, the drop kicking the grenade, I saw that. I was like, what is this? That's like, that's like his I'm not a bitch moment. Like, I'm here to sacrifice myself and save people. And that's what I'm all about. And did you see him, like, man, like, single-handedly pulling people up the Great Wall in Game of Thrones? See that shit? The Game of Thrones wall? He was, he was pulling people up that huge cliff. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, you're making a poor reference. I understand what you're saying, but nobody else does. There's a bunch of injured people at the bottom of that cliff. And in the middle of the night, he's single-handedly hoisting them up and saving them. And in the morning, all these people are saved. Mm-hmm. I'm making reference to the giant wall in Game of Thrones, which has failed, and I'm excited, and let's move on. <laughs> okay. Yes, servant. Uh, you know what the most interesting thing about this is? Is how the studios are so afraid to put Mel Gibson's name on anything. Because... He's not referenced except for the fact that it's the director of Braveheart. <laughs> the Academy Award winning. It doesn't it doesn't show his name. No, it does not. Like it yeah. doesn't say directed by on any trailer. Um, which is interesting to me. Uh, I'm very sick of the hero worship shots. And if one of us were to kick drop kick a grenade, um, I'm guessing it would probably be me, because I'd be the one that uh, no, I'd pick up a weapon, I'd just shoot myself with it. But, uh, <laughs> or, or you'd be desperately trying to get away, and Nathan and I would just throw you into the grenade. <laughs> right? But if you were to drop kick a grenade and it goes higher, more people are going to get shrapnel from the grenade than by jumping on it. I feel like he did a really poor job here and probably injured a lot of people where he could have just died for everyone. You're right. He should have grabbed it and hugged it. Uh, yeah, just sucked it right in. Like like, like uh, Woody Harrelson in The Thin Red Line? Yes. Oh, I blew up my ass. <laughs> um, I'm worried. I'm worried. Worried about Hacksaw Ridge? What came out? Did Passion of the Christ or Apocalypto come out last? Apocalypto. Apocalypto. After Passion of the Christ. Oh, okay. That's less concerning. Although this seems like I'll have more of a ex- uh, Passion of the Christ experience, which I thought was utter bullshit. What's your problem with Mel Gibson, man? I really like Apocalypto and I, I like Braveheart. But What's your problem with Mel Gibson? Nothing. I just want to see him act or direct a movie that I care about. Are you Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> I have no affiliation. No, but I get it. I kind of, I'm kind of on that train a little bit as well. Not super hot on Passion of the Christ. Do like Apocalypto. Do like Braveheart. And I am worried about this movie. Not because it seems bad at all. In fact, I think the trailer I saw separate from this one on my own sort of was a little bit better because there was less moments of all of this sweeping music and shots of him just looking just so super innocent, just being from the South, just super innocent. I don't like guns. Like, the army should have been like, you're a liability. Why don't you just stay home as a conscientious objector and we will put someone with a gun in your place? Or if, or if any one of the guys who was there who was like, look at him, he's got no gun, he's saving so many people. He's like, he could also save people with a gun. So I, I, I get it. I get it. But uh, it's sweet. Not a big Garfield fan. Worried. Uh, did we get everybody? Let's go. Yeah, we got everybody. Okay, hashtag uh, civil, civil rights. Hashtag only Mel knows Mel. Yeah, let's get that hashtag going. What's last? Uh, the final trailer tonight, Daniel, is American Pastoral.
twice. I thought there was more words coming. American pastoral. Here we go. excited uh i am i am excited i thought that that was an excellent trailer um probably the best trailer that we've had tonight as far as like the actual trailer itself um i liked the music and i like all of the actors in it i was really excited to see dakota fanning as opposed to her sister who's been in a lot of stuff lately dakota sort of disappeared for a few years there so i'm excited to see her back um jennifer Connolly is one of Daniel's favorites, which I don't necessarily appreciate, but I think it looks really good. I um, I want to know what happens, so I'm excited. Nathan? I also lean Dakota in the L-Dakota uh, conversation. I also find it interesting that Ewan McGregor is making his directorial debut here. And playing an American? Um, yeah, well, they all do that, right? Yeah. Everybody likes Dealing. Fire. Author, just British watching it. Yeah, it talks about the BOC, the, the the POC a lot, but they never talk about the how many fucking Brit Brits and Australians invade American rules. They never talk about that, and yeah. I think that needs to be talked about. Actually, no. Agent Smith played a hick in the previous trailer, and now we got Ewan McGregor playing a classic, like traditional Midwest nineteen sixties American. Hey, you're preaching to the choir here. I think there should be a hashtag created tonight by us, and we should bring some some conversation to the fact that skin color really doesn't play into the fact that there's some discrimination happening here, that they're sliding into the back door of these Australians and Brits. Change, you know, yeah. doing something with their voices, making themselves sound American. <laughs> Fucking Brit washing. Yeah. yeah. Fucking bullshit is what it is. Hashtag only, only Americans know Americans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got an American, you got an Australian playing Wolverine. 
How fucked up is that? Uh, yeah, he's every playing, time he's I see him. Canadian. Yeah. Celib- that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, he's playing a Canadian. That's right. Yeah, Logan's Canadian. No, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. Wolverine's Canadian. Wolverine's Canadian. Okay. Well, that's that's a that, that's a whole other thing that I can't even get into right now. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> um, here's here's the deal. All right. I love that song, and this could be an example of music manipulating me because you and McGregor hasn't really directed anything other than this, has he? I don't think so. This is his directorial debut. I'm gonna verify this right now. Director. Yeah, why don't you verify that? I'm going to bring up a point here. While this is a really well done trailer, I think to really appreciate it the way that everyone here is appreciating it is if you've never seen Donnie Darko. Because this is the song that made Donnie Darko so identifiable. So it's like whenever I hear the Requiem for a Dream soundtrack song in other movies, I'm like, what are you doing? That was a trailer ad for every blockbuster trailer, that song from... uh Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> yeah, it popped up all over the place for a while, and this song as well. And well, the trailer does, it is good. I really miss Jennifer Connelly. I don't think I've seen her in anything since, like, Noah. And I really want her, just like we always want Emily Blunt to be, like, the action star that she was born to be. I, too, want Jennifer Connelly to be in some, like, weird, tripped-out sci-fi shit, like some psychedelic sci-fi. Like, she's got a unique characteristic to her as an actress, I don't really think any other actress has where she can handle that sort of madness and making it real and emotional. And it's sort of just like stuck here in these like Midwestern dramas. So I'm kind of like spitefully worried, I think. I'm going to make an accusation. I'm going to say that Daniel is a Jennifer Connelly fan that hasn't really dived into who Jennifer Connelly is. Oh, want to give me a high five, Ivan? Boom. I I don't understand how I was slighted. Well, because there's a lot of movies that Jennifer Connelly has done. I mean, I think you you love General Jennifer Connelly and you appreciate her because of Requiem for a Dream and haven't really dived into everything that she has done. Like, you like her for one specific movie and you don't care about the rest of her filmography. No, I think I care quite a bit about it. What is it? There's Noah, Beautiful Mind. Uh, name off some more for me. We'll go through these. Right, We'll break this down. We'll clear this up right now. Shelter. Little Children. Oh, that's on my to-do. It's on your burden list. Yeah. Uh, how about Reservation Road? Don't know it. Yeah, that's enough for me. Okay, uh, yes, this movie is a soundtrack. Why, are those bad movies? No, those are good movies. So then what's the problem? Really well in that you have failed to per- to appreciate. Um, this is a tropey movie. This is a soundtrack borrower. It uses music from a different movie. Daniel suggested, Donnie Darko. Uh, It is very manipulative, but I also think that I like what's happening here. Like, it's obvious what they're telling you with this musical backdrop, that their daughter is some sort of terrorist, or, I guess, maybe an activist. Homegrown terrorist? Uh, I would, yeah, like a, a radical. Yeah, yeah, a radical activist that's bombing post offices trying to make a point you know rallying against the american rhetoric and that's you know affecting their lives i don't know when you take the music away if this movie's gonna hold water but like amanda said this trailer's probably the best trailer as a trailer tonight and i'm gonna give it an excited based on the players ewan mcgregor is awesome jennifer connelly's awesome dakota fanning i'm with it i'm excited yeah (laughs) Before I hand this off to the manservant, 
I but for about half that trailer, I thought that was uh, Amanda Seyfried or whatever her name is. <laughs> that blonde chick with the big eyes. They don't even look similar. Similar enough to me, manservant. Um, their tears are filling up their glasses. No expression. No expression. Hide my head. I want to drown my sorrow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. Um, <laughs> what's going on? I thought I would just read some of the song to you guys. I feel like doing a Shakespearean soliloquy. <laughs> you need to break out to the chorus. <laughs> to be, not um, to be. That is the question. But I find it hard mind, to find suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against the sea of trouble. I'm excited. Tell <laughs> you, I find it hard to take when people run in circles. It's a very, very. I'm excited in a mad world. <laughs> okay. Jeez. <laughs> Ivan finishes off. I also am excited. <laughs> Mostly just because of the players, huge Ewan McGregor fan, and um, yeah. I... Did you check out salmon fishing in the Yemen? No. Okay. <laughs> he would do a movie like that. <laughs> Fucking Christ, napping, napping on the shores of Oman or some crap. That's a total Ewan movie. So that way we got a bunch of excited. Am I the only worried one on this? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I guess so. I just want to say uh, thanks to Sad Sack. This is, I think, my favorite trailer of the year so far. Good trailer. And by by thanking Sad Sack, you're thanking the producer of the show, Nathan Carver. Uh, no, no, no. We we've said before that uh, Sad Sack chooses these, and you just you know yeah you produce and it plays. But say that one it comes from the the studios, the Sad Sack studios. Yeah, they're they're the brains, and you're sort of like the empty husk of a machine putting things into preordained places. You're like a puppet. I feel like we said that once and moved on. Like, I, don't, I don't feel like that was said very often. Oh, a s- canonical lore. Welcome, millions of fans of Trailer Park Podcast. To the second part of Trailer Park Podcast 67, where we, we engage in the roundtable, where we discuss the burden list and the intern archive update. Uh, manservant, please take the reins. Well, the burden list is a list of movies that uh, the Carver cousins give to each other um, and late the movie and appreciate it by watching it and, and agreeing that it's worth appreciating. Can we There's get a list of five movies? Can we get an update uh, on what is currently on the burden list? Yes, uh, on Nathan's burden list right now we have the TV show The Shining. <laughs> a true uh, burden. Dad, save the world. Oh. Weekend at Bernie's 2, what I'm guessing he watched, Get the Gringo, and Swiss Army Man. Oh, why isn't that my list? Um, Daniel's list is uh, the never-leaving Dallas Buyers Club, Brothers, Little Women, Little little Children. Oh, Little Children. I said that last time, too. Um, I can't read the font on the poster. (laughs) The Big Short. And the big short, no, for little children. I wish it was. Um, I wish that was my list. So, I'm guessing the only reason I'm guessing this, and this is more of a Canadian guess, is that Daniel watched the big short. 
because I feel like that's the most available thing. And that's the first time I said that this whole episode. Um, did you watch the big short, Daniel? You would be correct. Yeah. I did watch the big short and I enjoyed it. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. We ruined this already. First we go up on each other. No, we've already, I've already gone down. Uh, I guess so. That's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing. Let's get it. Uh, go down. Tell us about the big short. Thing. Let's get this out of the way. The big short. Yeah, this was, I like this movie quite a bit, mostly because of the sort of, <laughs> um, I don't know, anti-political, anti-establishment rhetoric that I've been worked up into over the last couple of years. So this movie comes at the right time for me. I'm glad I waited. Also, I feel like this movie, even though it has big actors in it and they tried to like fluff it up by sort of drama or, you know, making a drama out of some of these semi true interactions between people, I still have walked away from the big short feeling like I watched a really good documentary. Even though Steve Carell was in there, even though Steve Carell had like a really great and well-acted crying scene with Marissa Tomei. <laughs> I still feel like I watched documentary, and it was very helpful. I kind of wish that, because I'm sure everyone knows, but The Big Short basically breaks down the entire uh, housing crisis of 2007, 2008, that nearly tanked the American or the North American and European economies completely, um, and has, in a, through a taxpayer-provided bailout, to the banks for fucking up the entire economy. We are now in this great recession that we've been in for the past decade. It does a great job of breaking all that down. And it uses these little intermittent moments of having like really hot actresses and sexy situations break down the more difficult parts for you. And I get why they did that, but I wish they had either gone all the way or just cut away to some economics professor writing on a chalkboard. Like if you're going to give me Margot Robbie explaining me something in a bathtub there better be some tits otherwise i'll just take it from the source uh same goes for selena gomez she's got to be 18 now right i hope so <laughs> who cares well we've all seen the beaver pics yeah it's fine are those still out there <laughs> i don't think i've seen them i'm gonna call her 18 at this point yeah i caught the round with uh, jennifer lawrence and all them i don't think i got the gomez round um Yes, breaks it all down really, really well. You get a really clean, crisp idea of what happened. And in a nutshell, it was just selling what was once a good idea and then running out of shit to sell to that good idea and then just repackaging shit and repackaging shit and repackaging shit without knowing or the movie makes the point without caring that it's sweeping up with it an entire hemisphere of economic stability like they make a really good point of showing you that no, you as as a news watcher, even as a well informed news watcher during that time, you knew something incredibly horrible had gone wrong, and you knew that something incredibly unfair had happened with these massive, massive bailouts to these banks and financial institutions that were involved in this like skeezy, underhanded dealing. Like you got that image from the news if you watched it in Do Seven, but you didn't get the idea that they literally destroyed the economy. Like if there hadn't have been a bailout, there would have been a massive, massive economic collapse that may have been irreparable. It may have forever changed the seat of power to other countries that weren't as involved in this thing. And the one point that the movie didn't bring up that I thought was kind of unfair because it ends on a sour note. It ends on a very cynical, like, 
yeah, all this shit went down. Nothing happened. And by 2015, they were back at the same game they had started in the first place. But they never bothered to mention Iceland, which I thought would have been a nice, like, upswing for the end of the movie. Because Iceland did what America should have done, which is it jailed all of its bankers and then overhauled its entire banking uh, law system. So all their bankers are in jail being laughed at and scorned for destroying the country. And they had to change all the laws and all the practices. And here in America, one scapegoat went to jail. Nothing changed, and they're back to selling CDOs. So great movie. Broke it all down. If you want to know about it, this is the movie to go to to find out. Thanks for giving it to me. Big short. Nice. I also just wanted to say that, like, my own two cents about it is that I went into it not expecting to like it, and I left liking it, but not because Christian Bale and Brad Pitt was in it. I feel that that Christian Bale and Brad Pitt could have been replaced by people by other actors in the movie and it would have been equally as successful. Yeah. I strangely I think that Steve Carell was the most like unreplaceable actor in the movie. I thought that he did the best job. Yeah. And and Gosling probably coming in as a close second and then Bale and Pitt completely re- re- replaceable. Like they were just there to make a statement and their characters for the most static. Yeah, those two young guys were more entertaining. Yeah, no, I, I agree agree with that too. Like, it seems like a a bunch of people that got attracted to this project because the script was good and the content was something they wanted to make a point about or or you know lend their celebrity status to, and that kind of doesn't really sit with me a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, it, it feels like movies should be a movie, not you know, hey, pay attention to this because these people are in it. Right, these people whose accountants are probably underhanding whatever taxes right now. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, exploiting every possible loophole that they possibly can. Because I'm sure they sit down on a weekly basis and discuss what their accountants are doing to hide their fucking profits. So I would say yes to the big short and fuck Brad Pitt and fuck Christian Pitt. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something Steve Carell, there's something about him. He's so he's so sincere. He has like a sincerity to him when he's acting that's like really hard to match. I love his I mean, that's I, I got you on a quote that his character says. This the whole reason why Big Short is on the burden list is because of a quote that is from his character. I love his character in this movie. And I love his his acting style in the movie. Yeah. I think he him and him and Gosling really carry it. Yeah, and then we know that they are a good pairing from uh, what's that crazy, stupid love? Yeah, yeah, crazy, stupid love. Yeah, another great movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Okay, man, servant, you're kind of you, you went you allowed him to go down, which violates everything that's happened prior to this moment. So yeah, I'll, you're going down also. So only Mel knows Mel. All right, I'll I'll let you. You're telling me to go down first. Only Mel knows Mel. We're setting a new precedent. <laughs> Hashtag only Mel knows Mel. Yeah, uh, you're. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I actually watched Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> so, do you now own lots of like Jamaican steel drum music? <laughs> um, to appreciate the oddity of this movie's existence, that's the only answer I can come up with when I ask myself, why did Daniel want me to watch this? Um, to celebrate its oddity is my answer because it makes you seriously question how they got away with the first one, doesn't it? Oh yeah, no, there's necrophilia in the first one. Some rich woman has sex with his dead body and just thinks that he's quiet. I, 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 
honestly struggled to appreciate this as having merit as a real movie because it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The first movie, Bernie dies on them. Okay, so the premise makes more sense because the corpse happens to them. Like they're going out to meet him for some sort of promotion and he dies. And oh my God, I have a corpse to deal with. In this movie, in the second weekend at Bernie's, they go back to the morgue to retrieve the corpse and then they leave the country with it. (laughs) it is absolutely ridiculous and there is a voodoo curse cast on bernie yeah other than taking a moment to give a round of applause to the actor who played bernie because of those sick hip thrusts and corpse-like dance moves that you know it's pretty hard honestly not to disconnect from this and ask questions about the integrity of the corpse from a scientific standpoint oh yeah it should be leaving pieces all over the place (laughs) this thing should be a fucking mess and there should be no mistaking that smell which they treat once with some aerosol spray (laughs) After stuffing it into a quite, like a, like a not quite big enough piece of luggage. You know, like he, he mangles the leg and like, you know, <laughs> stop, he stops on the luggage and like barely gets the zipper done up. And then when they undo the zipper in the Caribbean, he flips it open and just, oh, oh, that smells bad. And then sprays some aerosol. <laughs> We're go. It's We're a dead, go it's with a dead body. You smuggled yeah. the dead body across the border, you fucking sicko. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the corpse of Bernie Lomax should be rotting and falling to pieces, but instead, instead, he's dancing the conga line and walking a lady down the beach being a good listener. Yes, because because there was a voodoo curse cast on him, so whenever there is music playing, his corpse becomes animated. Yeah, yeah, the, the whole voodoo thing with the corpse dancing to music because he's been partially brought back to life in some fucked up manner uh he's got good color i'll say that it looks like he's got a nice tan going there's no pale white which should be the case with a corpse i do find myself though appreciating the comment this makes in our current society because if they made a funny happy-go-lucky comedy about a couple of goofballs dragging a corpse around with that animated hey this is silly and all in good fun intro that they had at the beginning of Weekend of Bernie's 2, there would be some serious outrage and social commentary <laughs> and uproar. Yeah. All right? Well, people would be freaking out. Like, how did you fucking... I found myself asking, how did they get away with this? Cliche racism with the New York thugs and the voodoo nonsense, all to make his corpse dance around to music? The plot of this movie is so basic, and it's all meant to work with this voodoo corpse dancing angle and that's as deep as it gets well let's not forget that he, that they cursed him to dance because he is a uh like a beacon that heads straight toward treasure <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't bring up the underwater scene where he's he's busting a move underwater yeah he's got waterproof headphones on he's holding yeah. the treasure chest in his hands he's sort of bobbing his head back and forth dancing underwater Actually, I shouldn't even ask myself why Daniel asked me to appreciate this. The minute that he was sitting in that public washroom stall and his ass started bopping to the music <laughs> of that ghetto blaster 
The ghetto blaster with wax, like from the candles that were sitting on it, wax melted all over it. (laughs) The same ghetto blaster that got stolen off the subway because, hey, sweet, you know, wax melted ghetto blaster. Give me some of that. I'm going to rip that off because that's something I want to steal. Unbelievable. Anyway, I ask you, is there another example of a sequel that brought back all of the original actors, all of them? In a movie that, that, that all of those actors must have been questioning their involvement in. Yeah, this thing is a this is a pure what the hell oddity burden for sure. Yeah, but I, I, I genuinely ask that question. Is there another example of a movie? Because oftentimes if the script is way off base and 180 from where it began, you lose at least one of the central characters. Right? At least one. At least one. Um Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Okay, all right. There he is. Like money. Manservant, money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, and we all know right. Bernie Lomax's uh, shining moment was in Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Sure. Yeah, what's what's the name of the actor? I think I've got it here. It's Terry Kaiser. Yeah, Terry Kaiser, a.k.a. not the Micro Machine guy. He's solid. He's solid. Those fucking corpse dance moves are fucking solid. He is. Will I watch it again? No. Yes. <laughs> Will I recommend it? Absolutely not. It's going to come on TV one day and you're going to be like, oh, this fucking thing. Next thing you know, hour into it. <laughs> uh, so um, these movies need to be appreciated to come off the list. Daniel, do you feel like Nathan appreciated this movie enough to have it come off the list? Phew, I don't know. It's close. But there's no Weekend at Bernie's 3 I can throw his way. So we're going to have to go with this one. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Okay. My favorite. So now that you guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. My favorite critic blurb for Weekend at Bernie's 2 is from Scott Weinberg of eFilmCritic.com. He says, Frankly, I'm stunned that every American who paid to see it didn't file a class action suit against TriStar Pictures for their blatant misrepresentation of the word comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, now that you guys have uh, gone down on each other and your mouths are full of uh, warm, gooey stuff, you can go up on each other. So let's have some options for putting a movie back up here. Yeah, now that I've sp- sprayed my appreciation all over Nathan's face. Yeah. This is disgusting. <laughs> uh, Daniel, let's hear some options for Nathan. All right, Nathan. I think I think for this show and and also the next show, I think it's only customary that it being October... And that 100 Lunatics being under the sad sack umbrella, then I give you some horror movie options. Thank God. Because I love horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, an often forgotten and often tried and failed sort of subgenre of horror is the horror anthology. A nice little movie. It's usually four, three or four mini stories wrapped around by a larger horror story. I've got three options for you here. One's from the 80s, one's from the 90s, and one's from the aughts. And I'm going to let you choose by giving you the titles of the vignettes within the anthology. Nice. Play it on me. All right. The first anthology contains five short stories called Father's Day, The Lonesome Death of Jordy Viril, Something to Tide You Over, The Crate, and They're Creeping Up on You. Option two, let's go to the 90s, Lot 249, Cat from Hell, and Lover's Vow. And our aughts option, The Principal, 
The School Bus Massacre Revisited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Surprise Party and Meet Sam. Can you keep all 12 of those titles in your head, grouped together as they were, and make a decision, please, informed? Go, go to three. I want number one. Ugh. You want number one? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, I thought for sure you were going three. Uh, Nathan, you have chosen the Stephen King and George Romero um, project known as Creep Show. Creep Show. Chelsea will be happy. 1982, Creep Show. One of the favorite horror anthologies, I think, among horror fans. I think if you're going to go for one, Creep Show is definitely in your list somewhere. There is a Creep Show 2 and even a 3. Those don't hold up as well. So I gave you the first one. Uh, would you like to know what you didn't choose, Nathan? Yes. The 90s option was Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. And the aughts option, I think maybe the, even though there's been like sort of a slew of horror anthologies that have come out lately, like Holidays and uh, Tales from Halloween and uh, was that Southern Bound? There's been quite a few horror anthologies that have come out lately that I've paid attention to, and they're just not very good, or they have a horrible ratio of like, here's 10 short stories and one is okay. Or here's six, and one is maybe watchable. Uh, the Ots option is one of my favorite horror anthologies I've seen, you know, over the last ten years, I guess, which is Trick or Treat. Like, Trick R, with a little R and apostrophe, Treat. I felt like with horror anthologies, I needed to go old. Yeah, old. No, Creepshow's great. There's, the Creepshow's got quite a few in there that I've totally burned themselves into my childhood brain. Uh, the only reason I mentioned Trick or Treat is because it has the psychologist from happiness <laughs> I love that guy yeah I'm, I'm satisfied with Creep Show I honestly feel that um, you could educate me more with horror movies on the burden list so I'm excited that it's October and, I, and I'm excited that it's time to appreciate Creep Show Creep Show it is what you got for me let's, uh, let's have you go up on uh, Daniel well after watching Weekend at Bernie's 2 I felt drawn to one star reviews <laughs> Number one, this movie made me sick, and I wanted to reach through the screen and choke some sense into dildo husband and permissive wife. (laughs) What a poor, lousy idea for a script. I see examples of this every day in supermarkets and stores of all descriptions and types throughout America. The sheeple are easily led astray. Number two. Genuinely awful. A glop of pretentious falderall. Does anyone know what falderall means? Can you accuse someone of being pretentious when you use the word falderall? (laughs) Do you know what falderall means, Daniel? I don't know. Sounds like like, like balderdash. (laughs) It means trivial or nonsensical fuss. Yeah, that sounds about right. A big glop of it. Yeah, a glop. Yeah. Of horribly directed, embarrassingly bad acting, a truly uninspired script. Beautiful cinematography does not a great movie make. One of the most overrated films of all time. Wow. Of all time. Number number three. I guess if you have to give a movie one star to rate it, but I would prefer to give this one no stars. I have heard a a quote-unquote wonderful movie this is. Perhaps, but after the first eight minutes, my wife, who rarely uses profanity, said, I can't stand that little prick, and nothing he does will change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I I think you had me at Falderall. <laughs> Option two. <laughs> You've chosen Road to Perdition. <laughs> oh, good. Most overrated of all time. Wow. Okay. I love that movie. <laughs> I assumed that I would be mo- mediocre on it, but now I gotta like test what this guy's saying. Falderall. Pretentious. On the burden list. Oh, man. He followed up a pretentious word. I, I love that it took like seven times to get that on the burden list, and Falderall is what did it. Yep. <laughs> I love that that's what did it. <clears throat> well, it was a pretentious vocabulary that was preceded by uh, onomatopoeia, a glop of pretentious Falderall. Like, I feel like I wrote this review. <laughs> Awesome. Here we go. Intern Archive update. On my own, so I can update this archive now. Oh, don't you know that you guys are wrong all the time? And I'm gonna let you know in my archive. <laughs> <laughs> so dark and wet in there. That's uh, that's pretty apt for this episode. How wrong I'm going to let everyone know they are. Oh, no. Uh, we're on uh, 32, which was uh, the Gyllenhaalic. Uh, the Gyllenhaalic cock was in everyone's mouth except Chelsea's. Uh, this was a full cast also. We had uh, Nathan Daniel, Amanda, Chelsea, and myself on this episode, um, which started off with Southpaw. Then we had uh, Irrational Man, Knock Knock, um, Paper Towns, and the Stanford Prison Experiment. Okay, I remember this episode. And, uh, yeah, so Southpaw happened. Everyone got really excited about it. And then uh, Amanda and Nathan and Chelsea went and watched it, and, and their response was pretty sour. I was excited uh, sour, about it? You were excited about it, yeah. <sighs> Damn it, dude. Chelsea was worried. And I remember on this episode me saying I was excited, and then Chelsea talked, and I was like, oh, I should stick with her. And then you guys buzzered everything. Um, but uh, I give this a low plus one. I didn't think it was as bad as uh, Nathan and Chelsea's review of, of it. Um, it was disappointing based on its expectation. It was average. Right. We wanted it to be great. It definitely wasn't great. It definitely was average. Uh, so Chelsea got a point, uh, which means that she's leading one to zero to zero to zero to zero. Uh, next, we did Irrational Man. And Chelsea was worried and I was worried because I, I really didn't like Woody Allen at the time. And I've seen a few movies of his now that is uh, changing my mind on, on Woody Allen. And this was one of them. <laughs> um We've changed his mind on Woody Allen. Ivan, do you think we can change his mind on Mad Max? <laughs> I think he already did. He wrote an apology letter that one No, episode. no. <laughs> yes. Woo! Krill, Krill wrote an apology letter who sounded a lot like drunk Nathan. Yeah, uh, yeah, on your behest, yeah. yeah technically, <laughs> it was the intern that wrote that letter, yes. Uh, phenomenal. Irrational Man was the best movie of the five to watch. Um, I really enjoyed Irrational Man. I think that, uh, Daniel, you might actually like this also. What did I, what was my... Uh, you were worried. Okay. Um, Amanda was excited because she thought that the Joaquin Phoenix character reflected you. <laughs> um, in that he was uh, sad and wanted to kill himself and, and everyone found him interesting. And then when he became happy, he wasn't interesting anymore. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> 
And then Chelsea said she would only be excited if uh, he killed himself playing Russian roulette at the party, hmm. uh, which was hilarious. So this was a very uh, fun episode to listen to, actually. So if you haven't listened to this uh, cool, cool million, um, 32, is a, 32 is a fun episode. A close second to 67. Right. Uh, which is having pretzel Indian <laughs> sex upside down and backwards in half. <laughs> Um, I still don't know what Indian style means. (laughs) Cross-legged. We're we're into the, what, third hour? And I don't know. You've never heard the term sitting Indian style? Indian style. Oh, you mean like... Cross-legged? Cross-legged with your feet on top of your knees? No, not like yoga. Just like, just... Just cross your legs and like sit down like you were in kindergarten or something. Oh, so regular cross-legged is Indian? Yeah. Yeah. That's normal (laughs) cross-legged? Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Why do we call it Indian style? It was that way until about 2008, I think. And then all of a sudden it was inappropriate. Is that because a black president was in the White House? No, I think it just everything became inappropriate. I was at a job like five years ago, maybe four years ago. And my manager was there, like my manager's manager was there. And I just like loosely threw out the term... Indian style, and she just stopped what she was doing, turned to me, and went, do you mean cross-legged? And I almost quit the job right there. <laughs> um, so the points are Nathan 1, Daniel 0, Amanda 1, Chelsea 1, and myself 0. Um, down in the trenches next with the interns. Next up is Knock Knock. Um, Daniel, you loved this movie, right? Oh, I hated this movie. It's your favorite. <laughs> I, I um, deeply... <laughs> You were the only one to be worried. Can you believe that? I tell you, I got a gut instinct for these things. Uh, everyone should have been worried. I got excited about the uh, the schoolgirl's outfit and some some sex and you got a boner. What a what a disappointment! Talk about your boner. Um, you're. I'm gonna get a bit a bigger one for King Cobra. I think you got to so about knock knock because you had a hard on. Yeah, you got boner persuaded. Yeah. Admit it. I did. I, I got boner persuaded, which means everyone's at one except for me. I'm still at zero. <laughs> <laughs> After three fucking movies, it's one, 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 zero for points. Awesome. Uh, next up is Paper Towns. You got uh, Nathan and Daniel were worried. Amanda and Chelsea and myself were excited. Uh, you guys question my book reading um, <laughs> with this, thinking that. Uh, I don't read good books. Uh, I enjoyed this movie enough. I, this is a high, a high plus one to many people. Not, uh, not everyone though. Stanford Prison Experiment. Did uh, anybody watch this? Nope. Not yet. I intend to. Okay. This one I think was a close, close second best movie of the episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Everyone did a really good job. Uh, they did follow more along to the actual events um, than what I think. We were thinking at the time, or at least to what Daniel was thinking at the time. So they quit the experiment after six uh, days? Yeah. Um, and they, it, it was really interesting. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the actors. Ezra Miller's fucking... He's a weirdo. Um, how how big everyone a, was excited. How big a weirdo? Like Tilda Swinton weird? <laughs> yeah, he fits in the same kind of... Yeah. Well... He's an interesting character. If you'd like to know what option one was... From the one-star reviews tonight, Daniel, it was We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh, okay. I've seen it. You've seen it? I own it. Well, then you should know 
how fucked up Ezra Miller is. Yeah. Yes, I didn't know that was his name, but yes, now that I have a face, yeah. Yeah. You've also seen, as per the burden list, the perks of being a wall. Perks of being a wallflower. You've seen him flip the script and be a playful homo. <laughs> no. I, I would say they, he, they prefer he Indian a style. Out, a stressed out homo in this one. Oh, does uh, that mean he's also going to be in, in the in the homo movie tonight? <laughs> Is he in King Cobra? I don't think he's in King Cobra. Okay. Uh, this leads the points. Uh, Amanda and Chelsea at three, and the boys at two, which means that Chelsea and Amanda win the episode. More importantly, um, everyone took a major dive in percentage. Manservants, can you please tell me who is pulling up the rear in percentage? So everyone took a huge drop. I think I took the biggest drop here. Uh, Amanda's at 67%, Chelsea's at 63%, Nathan's at 63%, and then Daniel's at 58%. Which means that, uh, Daniel, we're like touching penis tips. Mm. In the rear. In the rear. It's like our butt cheeks are down and we're farting. We're touching tips in the rear. We're we're European 70-70ing? Yeah. Whoa! Don't give previews. You gotta hold that shit back. Other episodes, so, things, you know, you have to pull back. Uh, I suggest everyone watch Irrational Man, and we can all try and relate Joaquin Phoenix to Daniel. God, I have to see this now. Will do. I will do that. <sighs> Anybody have anything they want to talk about, movies they've watched recently? I imagine the manservant may exit the room because he has prior commitments at this point in the evening. Uh, it's very possible. Amanda ducked out a long time ago. Um, I don't think I watched anything. No. I recently watched Magnificent Seven and The Accountant. Oh yeah. Well, let's talk about The Accountant. Yeah, Amanda went with her brother to watch it without me. Well, or are we waiting for Chelsea? I don't want to destroy the movie for people who haven't seen it, so it can wait if people haven't seen it. Who hasn't seen it? Me. Is that a Ivan or Daniel I- reference? Oh well then. I'll just we'll save it. I'll, I'll say to the to Ivan and to Daniel, it's entertaining, and you should check it out if you get a chance. If Amanda's already seen it, you'll probably end up watching it on demand at home. I would imagine, so it may take a while. Magnificent yeah. Seven. Has everybody seen that? No. Yeah. Okay. I would also <laughs> recommend watching that as it is entertaining. It's not amazing. I would say that neither the accountant or Magnificent Seven is entertaining to like a, oh my god, you have to go and pay mo- pay money and watch this movie in the theater right now kind of perspective. But it's definitely enjoyable. So, I mean, if you're at the theater and you're kind of staring at the screen and saying, hmm, what the fuck should I watch? Both of those are solid options. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for all those people that go to the movie theater without first picking something. Right. <laughs> exactly. I would, I would choose the accountant over Magnificent Seven. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you could do wrong either way, though. Like, that's true. Uh, they're both satisfying from an entertainment standpoint. So you know, confidently walk you through those doors for either one of those, because they're not perfect, but they'll entertain you. Yeah, I will say this. I think I, I haven't watched any movies, but I have been like so much more into than I would have ever expected uh, into Westworld. Oh, Westworld's awesome. It's good. It's, yeah, re- like it. it's like, yeah, it's, it's, so re- good. it's really good. 
it's really good, but I find myself like more fascinated by the concepts and like the psychology that's happening in the show than the actual show itself. I mean, that is also rock solid. You get it, but it's like the insight into what people would do in an environment where they can just indulge all of their darkest, darkest fantasies all the time without consequence. There's like that element and there's the androids that are like remembering past lives and possibly becoming conscious and then there's an even deeper level to this entire Westworld that they expose like right off the bat so that you know the entire show is not just what the surface value says it is the whole thing I find the whole thing so fascinating Anthony Hopkins walking around being God it's fast you seen the original Westworld movie yeah, I, I caught. I, I saw it a long time ago when I was a kid, and then I caught about half of it the other day because the Sci-Fi Channel went and instantly bought the rights to Westworld and Future World and has been playing it like back to back. The reason why I ask is because it would have become an immediate burdenless movie had you not seen it. Yes, because it's important to understand where this movie is coming from or where this show is coming from, and the Westworld movie contains other. Concept. Other worlds, yeah. There's like medieval world and yeah. And I think yeah, the future world, the sequel, future world, medieval right. world and future world and stuff like that. So there's kind of a lot of stuff. I mean, it's it's hard to take this concept and truly, you know, dive into every aspect of it, which which makes it a great candidate for an HBO TV series because there is a lot of stuff. Like I find the most fascinating part of Westworld is when they're interrogating the hosts like the android hosts and and asking them questions about their experience and diving into the the dilemma between being a robot host that's been assigned specific instructions and you know the west world side of it yeah so that's the part that i find myself really like losing my inner dialogue while i'm watching it and just being sucked in by so yeah i recommend westworld as well and I think that there's a lot of material there. Yeah. And I could not have cared about what's her name? Uh, what? What's her name? Evan, Evan Rachel Evan, Wood? Yeah. Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. I could not have cared about her before this. And like now I have a massive crush on her. <laughs> he's got a wood. He's got some, he's got some wood for wood. Yeah. When they, when My they, favorites in this too. Thaddy Newton's my really? number one. Really? Oh, you got a, yeah. got a fatty for Thaddy? I do. Do you watch the uh, the uncomfortable rape scenes from Crash on on video? No. <laughs> yeah, that's not how I like to picture her. Oh no, no. I like uh, getting off to Matt Damon or sorry, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Oh god, that fucking movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> it won Best Picture. No, yeah, it, the worst Best Picture, worse than Chicago. Everyone freaked out and like. It's underrated. And then now they're like, it's overrated. It was always just a decent movie. <laughs> Except it wasn't even that. But Paul Haggis is a Scientologist. <clears throat> he is. He was. <laughs> oh, there it is. Scientology. Best picture. Yes. Okay, please uh, drop your accent. Okay, now drop script. Impro improvised answers only, please. Uh, Matt Dillon, please touch her... Uh, vagina? Yeah, you're gonna like just brutally finger rape her right here. Make sure you hold her down hard, okay? And action! We want Terrence Howard to look like an absolute bitch. <laughs> we want him to be like Andrew Garfield bitch level. Yeah, take his gun away. Yeah, yeah. Good work. Thandy Newton. What kind of name is Thandy? It's Dandy. Special. Ivan, weigh in here on Thandy Newton. <laughs> and weigh in on the fact that it's the number one for 
the manservant's masturbatory fantasy. Yeah, that seems weird. I always confuse her with the um, Guardians of the Galaxy girl. Oh, yeah, good two. girl. She's Zoe. number two. Zoe, <laughs> Zoe Saldana's number two. Okay, that makes okay, sense right. now. No, I'm, I'm with the intern on this one. Yeah, she is nice. So is the other one from that show, Empire. What's her name? Tajit. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is if white, no. if white people have sex with brown people, you have your cock in your hand. Is that, what you're, is that what you're saying? No, no, no. First a white person has to have sex with a black person and then make like a light-skinned black person. And then I want to have sex with that one. Right. Okay, well, <laughs> if, you're, if you're into this, then you need to go to trailerparkpodcast.com. Um, also, satsackstudios.com. Follow us at T Park Podcast at Satsack Studios. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. Um, you can tell the production quality has dipped a little in the 60s. <laughs> we're trying to come back on board for the 70s. I think we're having our own like private Vietnam. <laughs> with with, with World War II? With audio quality. <laughs> yeah. No, audio quality. Vietnam is a is a good reference for the sixties. Come on, wake up! Oh. Fucking World War Two is over in nineteen forty five. I don't know. It might be more World War Two because this audio quality this go around is like the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we'll take it. You know, <laughs> there. Um, we'll say that. Look forward to episode sixty eight where we do a full horror Halloween lineup hosted by none other than. Daniel Carver, um, the intern, and hopefully Ivan will be in in person, so there will be a little less audio complication. Out of the trailer park, out yep. of the yeah, he'll be coming out of the trailer park into civilization. <laughs> yeah, be sure to come back for all your favorite um, uh, cringeworthy language and racial slurs that Trailer Park Podcast is known for. Uh, <laughs> this is your home for uh, homos and uh, Indian style. Yeah. Hashtag only Mel knows Mel. Yeah. I uh, hear a trailer for a podcast. Episode 67. Thank you for joining us and good night.